Master Bowman podcast. If you're obsessed with the strategies, gear, and stories that will make you a better backcountry bow hunter, you're in the right place. We're independent, unsponsored, and unbiased, so we can cut the fluff and give you detailed advice on what really works and what doesn't. All right, everyone, the 2022 elk season kicks off now. We've got a very packed, very packed podcast tonight. We're talking about over-the-counter options for Josh, tag strategy for me this year and for Josh, new gear that we're both working on, um, Josh's new bow setup and arrows. So stay tuned. There is a lot of cool stuff to get you fired up for the elk season this year. Hey, Josh. What's up, Baxter? It's here. It's here. I don't, I'm <laughs> feeling really fired up. Sometimes, you know, November, December, I'm kind of doing other things, but January, I start getting really excited for next year. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I was just, I still keep watching videos, like elk hunting videos all the time. <laughs> just like, oh, man, I miss it so much. <laughs> I sent you that text the other night. Remember that? <laughs> what did it say? It was something like, when I get lonely, I look at this photo. <laughs> it's a picture of the giant bull that you were going after last year. <laughs> so funny. You sent me that photo. Yeah. Through the yeah. binos, the huge bull I saw last year and you were like some nights when i get lonely i look at this <laughs> <laughs> it was i don't know that thing uh i think there's something about an elk where its antlers just like go over its entire back mm -hmm. that's just it just looks so fundamentally different it like your brain just we talk about this so i'm definitely like spoon and crockett not or spoon and crock pot not boon and crockett but like there's something about that where you're like whoa yeah. that's a serious animal yeah oh, i'm looking at the photo right now i just like i'm getting excited <laughs> yeah man well he's, he's probably still there i don't probably. think i don't think people go there yeah yeah that's where we'll leave there. that <laughs> <laughs> i think he got a little nook and found a good spot and i don't think any rifle hunter is going to get out that way so yeah so next year yeah well no he had a pretty distinct kind of flare on that antler so we'll know uh, they, they always grow, at least my experience, if they've got like a weird, weird little thing like that, mm -hmm. it always is there. Um, there's something genetic about it. It's really cool. Interesting. Yeah. Even if the antlers are bigger or smaller, they've got that same general trend. Yeah. 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 And the other weird one, <laughs> just a rabbit hole for a second, but whenever an elk has a deformity or like an odd shape to one antler, there's almost always an injury on the opposite side of its body. What? Weird. Yeah. So yeah, if you like, if you find one with a weird drop tine or like a malformed point, there's like, you could usually find like a problem with its back, right leg or something. Whoa. If it's on left antler. Very odd. Um, that is weird. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of crazy. Anyway, we've got a lot of cool stuff to talk about today because you're, I mean, obviously my, well, my strategy isn't that obvious, but I'm, you know, I'm a resident now, so I'll probably be hunting Idaho. No surprise to folks, mm -hmm. but you've got some, some decisions to make. And then we got what my tag strategy for the year. Got we're both both a lot of new gear we're playing with, thinking about. And then uh, you've done a ton to your bow. Maybe we'll just start out with the stuff you're thinking through. So give everybody the bad news about your tag. Yeah. So wait in line, and I was <laughs> I was texting Baxter like the whole time as I was yeah, as that was really tags hard were selling out. Like what time? How many people are in front of me? I think I was in line. Like I was like number thirteen thousand in line. But long story short, I did not get a tag uh, where I wanted to hunt this year in Idaho, and so I'm sitting tagless at this moment and got yep. some decisions to make about: Am I going to hunt? Colorado? Am I going to hunt somewhere else? Am I going to get it? I don't have to tag a different way. Who yeah. knows? So still the weirdest thing to me, and I'll go on my little rant early. So we get this out of the way, <laughs> but like, I don't understand why guys think Idaho is like the best place. I think when you put a cap on something or you tell people they can't have it instantly, everybody and their brothers like gotta have it. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I understand Idaho, California and Washington guys, it's closer to you than Colorado. So like, I understand that. For a lot of guys but like all these east coast guys i talked to were like oh my gosh oh my gosh i really hope really hope i get an idaho tag and i'm like dude you are wasting your life hunt colorado save yourself a day of driving or half a day of driving it's something weird about that i think i think it's because a lot of the big name personalities live in colorado and they've been telling people that idaho is a better elk state <laughs> um, but anyway that's my rant how'd i do yeah no, you kept it short this time. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, I've hunted, I've killed elk in both, multiple elk in both. And, uh, right. Yeah. So, so you're you're thinking, you know, things that shall not be named to see if you can pick one up here in Idaho. 
but also considering Colorado, right? Yeah, I'm considering Colorado if the other option doesn't go well. Yeah, or if it's yeah, yeah, save some money also because some of those methods in, to get a tag in Idaho may be super expensive. So we'll see. Yeah, but um, yeah. So Colorado, I, the impression I get from Colorado is a ton of hunters and a ton of elk. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much yeah. it. I mean, I think that's like there's three or four times the amount of elk is in color and Idaho. I don't know. I can't remember the numbers now. I mean, I have the, the spreadsheet still up on the site. Guys give me credit all the time that they're outdated, but thing is, is even if they're slightly outdated, um, they give you the exact same picture, right? You know, the units don't really change that much. Um, so I'll update those, but that was my experience is generally there is a lot more elk. You see a lot more elk in Colorado if you get away from the people. Yeah. Right. There's just a ton of people in Colorado because it's over the counter. It's free range. It's whatever. But um, my experience is that the vast majority of them, um, even, even known there's two or three guys that are writing for multiple websites and are like, quote unquote, social media personalities. I can say that now that I've stopped doing Instagram, right? <laughs> like they're, they're guys you would know on a first name basis, probably. Um, and for some reason, they both ended up in my spot in Colorado. And both those guys, I can watch their videos. I can watch their stuff. I know exactly where they are. They were 1,500 feet, 2,000 feet below me. They never saw elk. They shot one elk the whole week. And even even guys that are like the guys that literally wrote the book or did the other stuff are still, they're just not in the right area. They're just not putting in the effort. Um, and they're like even more advanced than the guys that just pull up from Pennsylvania or Virginia or something. So what I'm trying to say is like, if you have, a, you got a modicum of training and a modicum of effort by, by backcountry standards, you can, you can get away from everyone and you can find plenty of elk. Yeah. Not to dive in too deeply here, but generally tips for getting away from people. One option is going just deeper, right? Like farther to get away. And then yeah. there's another way around, right? Which is just finding little pockets that just people yeah. don't know for some reason or don't go to. Uh, that's, I mean, for guys that haven't listened to our elk hunt, the hunt elk in 2020 series, like there's a reason we don't do a trillion podcasts because we try to do quality over quantity. Like that entire series is dynamite for like, I still wonder like if we should charge or how we, you know, like it's just we're giving away the goods for free. Um, just cause I was telling Josh what I would tell him if I was as his friend, like that, that stuff is not made up. That's what's, that's literally what's got me the elk five out of six years. Right. Like, um, yeah, it's all about going somewhere other people aren't. And almost everybody thinks, I'm just going to summarize most of the episode, almost everyone thinks that's going further. I still get emails all the time. I'm pretty bad about responding these days, but I get them all the time. Hey, we're going to go in six to 12 miles and da 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 And it's like, no, you're going to see just as many people six to 12 miles in on a trail. Find the one little spot that no one goes, um, whether it's not at a trailhead, whether it's the opposite direction from the trailhead, whether it's getting off the trail a mile in, it's, you know, find the little nook where the humans aren't going, you're not, you are not smarter than someone. You are not more fit than somebody. You know what I mean? You're not going to outthink the average Joe looking at a topo map, um, by going deeper on a trail, like, so get somewhere else. Um, and there's one, there's exactly one thing that most humans avoid and that's elevation. <laughs> so mm. there's no, there's no, uh, replacement for displacement as they say in the car world, right? Like if you don't hike a thousand or 2000 vertical feet, which is what no one else wants to do. Guess what? You're going to be around other people. So, gotcha. And the best that's, case that's scenario, like the, the best case scenario is if you can get off into a little nook where everybody's pushing out pushing to you, you, right? Yeah. 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 It's interesting. It almost reminds me of like investing. You watch everyone and what they're doing, and then you get right behind them and <laughs> make moves based on what they're doing. Investing is like 50% the actual, like, technical analysis of stocks is like an input. It's not the reality and everybody thinks it's the reality, right? Um, mm -hmm. It's more about the people. Same with everything in life, really, sadly. Right. It's all about the, what are the, the other humans are doing. Um, but I feel like, I feel like with, uh, with the elk hunting, people just, just don't go that way. No matter how many times I tell them or I even advise them in an email, they still want to go do the traditional stuff. So I don't know. There's something psychological there. And I remember with, Dan, we did that elk shape podcast. Remember that? Mm -hmm. 
And he was like, so what did you think about Idaho versus Colorado? And I was like, I love Colorado, man. And he's like, well, wasn't it super crowded? I was like, the more people, I said something like the more people, the better. Cause like, then they push, they corral the elk for me. Mm-hmm. And he's like wise words, everyone listen up or whatever. Like he gets it. Most of the guys that hunt elk hard get it. Like it's, that's the secret to elk hunting is the people. So yeah. Yeah. Speaking of elk shape, uh, I reached out to him and he, he wants to have us back on the podcast to talk about my first year success. So we got to schedule that one out. So. Oh, he's such a, yeah, he's a really cool guy. He's so, yeah. so into it and like found a knowledge and get some really great guys. Yeah, like He's one of the big names for sure. Really cool mm-hmm. guy. So I was super yeah. excited when we get to talk to him. Yeah, totally. But yeah, that that's my decision. I'll have to, I'll have to think about it a little bit over the next few months. I'll probably have an update here in the next few check-ins or so. But uh, no matter what, I'm hunting, hunting elk, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, can't, can't ditch the sickness. Yep, yep. It's, yeah, I remember we're at cool. the end of last season, you were like, "So, yeah, you know what you think? Is this like a, you know, like a one, one and done type of thing? Like you got your elk? It's like fucking you didn't thing. wait long. <laughs> <laughs> I think I just cut you out. I was like, dude, I'm doing this like, for yep. <laughs> <laughs> next year. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, man. Well, it's uh. The cool thing about Colorado, so maybe we just do some of the logistics for guys that are in the same boat. Like, what do I do this year? I didn't get Idaho. I, you know, for some reason, I thought that was the greatest thing ever. Um, Colorado, they've put a bunch more of their units into the draw, but they're like instant draw. So they're 100% odds. Um, and then they've got a ton of other units that are just the same over the counter. So it's a really cool system because if you're like, I'm going to Colorado number, no matter what, you can put in for the draw, quote unquote, and just pull a hundred percent tag. Um, and then in theory, oh. you've got a cap of people in that area, which is kind of cool. Um, it's the same thing as Idaho. So freak out, tell your friends and create a 50,000 person line for it. Um, <laughs> I'm joking. Can you tell, uh, <laughs> you know, it's scarce, go get it. Um, but honestly, like the over the counter units are going to be, you know, probably this fairly similar experience. Um, but you can just like walk into Walmart right and that's the cool thing about colorado you still you can literally just drive out there buy it the day of and go um so that's the nice thing is you know that's there it's always there right it probably won't always be there i think there's going to be a world in the five ten years where that's gone right but uh for now it's, a, it's cool to have that option right yeah yeah totally i didn't know about the 100 percent draw things yeah i'll have to mm-hmm. pull up the old articles look at the look at the spreadsheet you put together and, and do yeah. some research on that yeah and a few of the units you know, I think the one of the units. Who I don't know if I want to say these things on the podcast, but I know some of the areas I may or may not have heard of people hunting or hunted are no longer over the counter. They're one of those, you know. So mm-hmm. they're uh, yeah, they've changed some stuff there, but um, worth looking at. And there's a few other places. So you're probably not in this boat because you probably are going to try to the last minute to see if you can pick up a tag and then go. But if you're like, no, I don't, I'm you know, you don't have a super strong reason to hunt Idaho. Like you've got me and another buddy here, you know, like day D and me, mm-hmm. um, you can, there's a few other States that do like hundred percent odds on a few things. Um, and I don't, again, like there's the beginning of this podcast, I was pretty aggressive about giving away everything. I think I've learned over years that I want to help people out, but like, there's also a level they need to go research, yeah. but, um, just look at any state that's doing elk draws. And generally speaking, almost every state's going to have a few opportunities that are 100% draw, you know, whether it's Montana, Wyoming, you know, not really Colorado because it's all preference points and there's over the counter, right? But any of the non OTC quote unquote states, mm-hmm. um, Montana, Wyoming, New Mexico, even Arizona have things you can draw 100% every year okay. uh, right now. So you can get an elk tag and you can get a great elk tag in a state that most of these crazy dudes aren't lining up for like Idaho. Uh, so I don't mm-hmm. know why they're there, but uh, Hey, go get it. <laughs> yeah. A little bit of research. will go along with some research. It turns out you can hand someone 150 bucks for a membership to these sites now and they do it for you. And that's, everyone's like really upset and wondering why there's like a trillion people in the draws these days, but it's like, turns out there's companies that have done that to us <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> by advertising it. <laughs> so anyway, I'm a little bitter. Can you tell? <laughs> that's funny yeah because you're like i could just do this myself by looking up the data totally. and aggregating it and yeah. analyzing it myself but they make it easy yeah. for us and we pay for they it. they make it yeah when you make it easy that's the problem it's like supply demand you make it easy then everyone wants it so mm-hmm. um yeah anyway but yeah there's a lot of we got you know we talked tag strategy this time of year too like preference points and stuff and you put in for you got points in a few states right 
I got points in Colorado and I forget actually. <laughs> I only did it once. Um my you got first year. Wyo, I think, right? Wyoming. Maybe Wyoming. Actually, I don't think I did. I think I was too scared of bears. Oh, well, there's areas in Wyoming that don't have bears. Ah, yes. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's a lot of. I'd say for guys, go listen to that episode. I don't know if we'll do another one this year. Um, I'd say go listen to that episode last year because that we went deep on that one. We gave away some good, good advice there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the the problem. I would say, I've been very depressed this year because we're we're looking at Wyoming, which is closing first, you know, as always July, January 31st. And like point creep is just off the charts. I just have zero confidence. I'll ever catch anything good ever. Mm. Um, and I think a ton of guys are not thinking that and they're just, they keep pounding points. Um, so my advice for anybody that's new to the game, and I think this is the advice I gave you last year, but even more so after looking at the numbers this year is like, know exactly what you want. Don't just be like, I want to start throwing points at a, state and then i'll figure it out later like know what you want and then look at it very closely and look at the point creep all these platforms have tools to do that um but if you're looking like i would love a once in a lifetime hunt in wyoming and you know that's 14 points i'll get there well it's like every year it's you know there's i think there's shoot the stats this year like they handed out 70 tags to max point folks last year and there's 1200 guys at max Oh, and then wow. there's like th- just over a thousand guys one point away from max. Oh, interesting. So like do the math. <laughs> That's going to take 20 years to shake out. So like you are not getting that tag if you start oh, now um, or any of those max point tags. So it's a really, I think fundamentally we've all screwed up with the preference point system. We basically gave everyone that wanted to hunt elk in a 10-year window a massive advantage about over everyone else. Um, I think the only fair thing that can be done is like Idaho, New Mexico, just a straight draw, not a yeah. preference points. So anyway, that's my, that's my like two cents for this year. Everything else, we went into great detail about what states are really good, where to build points and that sort of stuff last year, if I remember, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to go back and listen to that actually, because I, every year I wait, you know, it's just a year, year wasted. So if yeah. I can find that one tag that maybe it'll take even if it'll take 20 years to get i'm young enough that maybe 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 (laughs) yeah the the thing but i mean the other thing about that is like if you're paying 50 dollars a year even just for a point 20 20 times 50 is you know that's that's a lot of money right like that's that's true over a grand and so would you be better off just buying a landowner tag cheap one in another state um there's there's some you really got to think about it that that way it's like what am i going to get and when will i get it and I honestly think a lot of the like lower to mid tag options, I would much, much rather do three or four of those before the time I did one once in a lifetime hunt. Ah, uh, yeah, I see what you're saying. I think yeah. a lot of guys, that's that's probably the other thing I'll say. I think the greatest mistake in tag applications is guys think you get a draw unit, it'll be easy, it'll be amazing. Um, elk hunting is hard. It is really hard. Um, and even if you get one of these epic, epic tags, your skill level and your ability is very, very important. And so I think the biggest thing is guys like don't hunt an elk, don't hunt, hunt elk, like hoping for a good tag, quote unquote, a good tag. And they get out there and they realize it's almost as hard as over the counter, unless you have like one of the top five dream units in the US and those are 30 year weights. So it's just get out there, like take what you can. Um, and like there's dude, there's giants as we know there's giants in over-the-counter units and they're not as easy but like you're hunting that thing every stinking year your odds of getting out are far higher than one year right right and a trophy unit yeah that makes sense yeah and if you're going to spend the money maybe that's that sounds way more worth it actually what are you uh thinking this year for your your tag strategy or where you might be hunting yeah, so we're we've got uh, a fun thing, which is another baby coming in May, um, which we're really excited about. I don't think I've talked about that on here, um, but basically that means that uh, you know, careful what you wish for. I have a wife that loves to bow hunt and was my bow hunting partner, but that means she wants to bow hunt. <laughs> <laughs> so that means the only way she's going to bow hunt is if someone else can take care of kiddos, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so her family lives in Wyoming, so we've we've been 
stacking some points there. Unfortunately, she's got enough for a general and we've got a lead on some private land there. Um, so for me, you know, it's not, it's a family favor and potentially in someone that's, you know, really cared for her and has been close to her that would do that. So I, I don't want to push it and be the person that hunts it. It would just be her. Gotcha. So I think we're going to draw, draw a general one for her and let her hunt that private land so that, you know, her mom can take care of the kids. We can be out there, but that's going to act like half the elk season for me. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to be out in, out in Wyoming. So it's kind of, it's like, oh dang it. Um, so I probably will throw in a long odds app or two in Wyoming just to see if I can pick up something really good, you know, near there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some States like Wyoming still have random draws, a component. So I'll just drop that little nugget and leave it. Um, so you always have a chance. Mm-hmm. So I'll probably do that. And then we'll definitely do that for her and that, but that season starts the 15th cause it's an add on to a rifle tag. Oh. Um, wait, August so, 15th. Yep. Or September oh, wow. 15th. Oh, September okay. 15th. Yeah. Mid mid season. Um, yeah. not a type nine, which is the whole, just archery, but you get the whole month. It depends. Mm-hmm. Wyoming's one of the most convoluted States on this stuff, but that leaves a lot of research opportunity. Just saying. Uh, and so I'll probably hunt here for the two weeks before that um, would be my take. Cause we'll have a little bit of maternity paternity leave that I'll probably just take the month of September off. Cause you know, elk hunting <laughs> and also just, if we're going to go visit her family while she's hunting and yeah, just take that time. So, so my, my will, you know, probably be forced into two weeks this year and two weeks in Idaho on a resident tag. I don't think I'm going to swing for anything. I think I'll bank points everywhere else. I don't think I'll swing for anything crazy because except for Wyoming. Um, Cause if I got it, then we'd have a lot of driving. I don't know. We'll see. But I know for right now, I'm not gonna, I know that's, that's kind of my strategy. Gotcha. Have you hunted Wyoming before? And if not, you know, the research you've done, what, what are your impressions of that state in general for elk hunting? Yeah. Wyoming's you, Wyoming is like, I'm always scared of saying things here, (laughs) but I think as far as all the, all the tag sites are probably going to say this too, but it's like, as far as your, it is probably the highest quality to access state out there for big game hunting. So you'll get a really good amount of like 300 to 370 point bulls, um, like very mature, wonderful elk, lots of them, uh, fantastic. And like, you can draw that tag relatively quick. Mm-hmm. And you know, a few years to get a general. So it's a phenomenal place to hunt. Um, the thing about Wyoming is there's areas with bears. <laughs> there's areas with wilderness, which you need a guide. There's areas that get overrun by Colorado and Utah bros. Um, so it's, you got to thread the needle a bit, but mm-hmm. it's a phenomenal elk hunting state. Yeah, no doubt. Interesting. Yeah. For some reason, I always thought like all of Wyoming had grizzly bears. It was just, that was just totally crossed off my list. of something I would never want to risk. Um, yeah. We're but they're I guess like not. far outside of the management zone at this point. So uh, it might go that way, but hopefully they deregulate it. Cause even the numbers this year at club and a lot of these places gave are, they're so far above and beyond them now. Um, yet somehow they still keep blocking everyone from allowing hunting and controlling and managing. Interesting. Um, a very out of control predator, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Gotcha. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see. Anything else on tags before we maybe jump to gear stuff? No, I think that's it. I mean, I think we're coming up on an interesting period where it's, it is tag season. And like, this is like, this is one area I love because research does really, really pay. And like, you can, it's not just like buy, go hunt or buy hunt and fool or buy, you know, whatever the four other sites are. Um, that can help. And they're, I'm not poo-pooing them. They are great and they're making it very easy to get stuff. But like, like even for example, I was on go hunt and one of the guys on go hunt, the moderators commented, no, you can get that tag and add an archery thing. And I just went to the book. It's like, that's a crazy loophole. There's no way. And I looked at the book and it wasn't possible. So I like linked him to the book and I was like, that's incorrect. So like, that's one of the guys on go hunt. Hmm. And that's some of the things, the data they've got on their site. That's just wrong. Um, and so I'm not trying to, what I'm not trying to do is pick on go hunt. I, for the record, have a go hunt subscription. I use it all the time. Um, but what I'm saying is there's still a huge amount of research you can do. That's not on one of those expensive platforms. Just like literally read the elk brochure or the big game book in each state and like really look at some things and look at their stats. And like, it's not that hard. It's really not that hard. Um, I'm trying to think of an example in life where it's like all they've done, all these sites have done, it's just made it easy. Um, it's really not much harder. So 
so there's a lot of cool places but all i'd say is there's a ton of different draws coming up and for guys that didn't pick up a tag and want like an over-the-counter experience i'd really look at the state you want to hunt and just find find that little nugget that's 100 draw odds and pick that up that's probably the way to do it this year nice yeah Good tip. Yeah, I'll have to. I'll have to stop procrastinating and just dive into the research. I'm not the yeah. best at researching in with all the numbers, and also it's a little bit confusing. But I'll yeah. figure it out. Well, I think you're you're kind of. I mean, the problem for you is that if you do pick one of those tags up, also like some states refund tags, some states don't refund tags. There's all these Ooh. little nuances, right? Oh yeah, um, yeah, that's right. That's but like right. for you, you kind of want optionality because some of the things you might try might even be like a few weeks out from season, right? Right. Like, right you don't right, want right. to like lock into something now and right, right. And be like, right. oh, I could have hunted at Idaho, and again, it's not because Idaho is so much better. It's because we could all be together and chill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we'll figure yeah, it out. yeah, yeah, I'll figure it out. Uh, but yeah, gear. So. Gear. You've been doing a lot with uh, arrows, right? You've you were very proud of your set of arrows. <laughs> oh my god. You gosh. built the ultimate set. How'd that go? That was awesome because <laughs> I I was inspired because uh last year we were building arrows and you know I just built mine the normal way. That was probably my third time building arrows. And then <laughs> I think like a week later, you were building yours and you send me a picture. And you said, do I have problem? <laughs> yeah, do I have a problem? <laughs> and yeah, the it was like, this. <laughs> it was the Excel spreadsheet, right? It was like every, I think I built every arrow in that group within 0.7 grain of each other or something stupid like that. Yeah, it was a picture of a piece of paper and you had it all sectioned out. Oh, yeah, you, yeah. You weighed yeah. every fletching every down vein, to the grain. Yeah. Or, yeah, and oh, I was like, down to the tenth of a grain. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I was like, holy, that is a next level. And then when we went to go shoot at the range and at that point you hadn't been shooting too much but you were yeah. grouping and i was like you're obscene yeah i want to like stack them i was like wow i would love to have that much confidence in my arrow to know that like the shooting is me is there's nothing else going wrong yeah so this year i built 24 arrows because i'm going to hawaii i'm <laughs> gonna be shooting a lot <laughs> yeah and uh <laughs> target rich environment <laughs> yeah and the heaviest and lightest <laughs> arrow are 0.6 grams yeah that's way too good that is, <laughs> that's impressive grains right yeah that's that's uh, grams grams actually i didn't grams okay okay yeah what's that in grains that I, actually, I actually don't know um no. that's still pretty solid that's uh yeah <laughs> i was both like googling this frantically <laughs> 15 <laughs> grains well, it's like 30 grains. Never mind that. Never mind, Josh. Oh, it's not that it's good. It's gotta be grains because oh. you got a grain scale. You sent me a photo of a grain scale. So we'll I give did. you the benefit of the doubt on the podcast. <laughs> okay. But, <laughs> but uh yeah, that's I think that's people don't realize. I mean, that's really simple. All you gotta do is just weigh the components and go heaviest to lightest. Yep. And then you just swap. You go the lightest this with the heaviest that and just go down the line. And just keep swapping. Um, but I think the one that really blew my mind that I didn't realize until I started doing all that stuff is that the veins, like you're saying, the veins all weigh like AAE, AAE max. I'm not picking on them. I say that all the time. That's the problem. It's like, there's a reason other guys don't go this deep is it makes everyone look bad. It's like, you know, everyone's like this, but if you look at their veins, I think the lowest one was like 7.9 grains and the highest one was like 9.3. Oh, wow. Like that's a grain. That's like a grain and a half in one vein, and you put three or four on there. Like there's a huge difference, mm-hmm. um, and it's like a bell curve, right? Most of them aren't like that big of a difference. But what I'm trying to say is like it's pretty easy to use those weight differences to balance out your arrow weight um, and get them all really close. And see, so yeah, if you're not weighing your veins, you're gonna have a pretty big difference between them all. Yeah, and it it was pretty fun actually. It was just like I was like just the whole time listening to music it was like oh man i'm gonna build the best set of arrows i've ever built and it yeah. felt good it felt good shooting them oh i do have a question now that i have like 24 i stack yeah. them all together in my bow case to keep them there but then when i opened it like a week later some of the fletchings are like kind of like bent bad. you know yeah. is that bad is that how bad is um that? it depends like sometimes they go back i don't know i'm like you can buy pretty cheap like five dollar i think mtm mm-hmm. is the name of the company and they have these like mold plastic molded cases for a dozen arrows and like five or ten bucks um and they're super great because they can't crush like you can put them in a suitcase or in your car right uh, so i've got like 10 or 12 boxes of those at this point <laughs> oh. um yeah they're great okay like good gotcha good little investment because you can also just you know throw away your old arrows or sell them and then put the new ones in, the, in it again 
Yeah, yeah, I think I'll do that for the for the next. Uh, yeah. I'll probably might do that for this batch actually. I'm I love that company. It. They make it's all made in the U.S. It's all super cheap and it's all made really well. Nice. It's like so rare to have a company that does stuff like that. And how do you spell that? How do you spell the name of the company? It's just MTM Case. MTM Case. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. It's. Uh, I hope their stuff hasn't gone up in price. Or I'm gonna look look bad, but it's generally pretty cheap in quality. They make you know ammo storage, oh. rifle round storage, like all these little tiny things. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, I'm looking like the arrow travel case is. What's the price on this puppy? They don't put the prices up on here. Well, yeah. One day we'll have affiliate links. We can put. We can say, "Hey, the link is in the description. You can help our yeah, podcast." Yeah, we'll do that. <laughs> I think it's like fifteen bucks now, twenty bucks now, so it's a little more expensive. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll do start doing that because we got to earn <laughs> a little money here. And I hope folks listening along, we had enough value that you'd throw a dollar or two our way eventually. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, besides yeah. that, though, gear wise, I did replace my strings, which has been mm. really cool just to look at. Like, amazing, the strings right? look awesome and i i bought my bow in let's see it must have been 2019 november mm, about three years now yeah yeah and i shot it a bunch and it was fraying i put bow wax on it i could be better about waxing it more often i think now that yeah, i got I don't it, think it makes much of a difference in the end oh really okay yeah but uh yeah i got a new set of strings i think i've shot about 100 arrows through it now which is good and i'll probably shoot a little bit more and get it tuned up a bit but uh yeah, I'm I'm stoked. New strings, new yeah. arrows, ready to go. Yeah, it's awesome. It's um the difference between a custom built string and a factory string is amazing. I mean, they're making very good factory strings these days compared to what they were ten years ago. Like they're they're actually something you could shoot, and I wouldn't tell you you have to go replace it. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously, you shot yours for two or three years, um, which is amazing because normally, like the, the standard advice is you definitely should replace it kind of every two to three two maybe three years if you don't shoot that much but um you shoot a ton <laughs> and uh and you made it almost three so obviously factory strings good but man you probably can notice the difference in quality and just durability of that factory string it's beautiful or that custom-made strength they're beautiful yeah it's awesome and the guy who makes them um you recommended me to him mm -hmm. and we're actually gonna have him on the podcast we're gonna do an ultra nerdy deep dive on all things strings so <laughs> yeah for those of you gear nuts out there that's gonna be a good one yeah it's like a piece of art when he put um because i got my bow through him and he actually put one on as part of the purchase and it was it's like a, a artwork i mean it, the, the difference in looking at the serving and uh, how tight it's wound um, its organization the distribution of the twists everything is just you're like this is beautiful like you know um it's a it's it's not like a, oh i think this is different it's like this is very different yeah did you notice like is yours so one of the things a custom string builder does well, we don't take away his thunder here but they pre-stretch stuff like 100 pounds mm -hmm. and they basically already bed it in and stretch it out so most guys say with really good custom strings, you don't have to break it in. But have you noticed any migration or change in your few hundred shots so far? No, I haven't. I, I think yeah. I've only put a hundred arrows in. Uh, I haven't been shooting as much lately because I injured my back actually by overshooting, uh, yeah. which we can talk about later if we want. But yeah. um, no, I haven't noticed much. The only thing I did notice is, I, I don't know if it's just me thinking this, but it, it feels like it's way quieter. I, I don't know if that's an actual thing or not. Maybe it's because I haven't shot my bow in a while, but it so, for some reason it sounds it feels quieter. It sounds quieter. quieter. But well, the tension, know. you know, it's the the fact the string he builds is built so specifically for. He's so good at PSEs that oh. um, the tolerances and like where it lies in the cam. Um, I did notice it's shifted a bit uh, from the the factory strings because they're a little thinner or thicker. I can't remember which one it was, but it was yeah. It, did it did sit differently and line up differently and it did feel much more solid i remember that feeling so i don't know you're right i don't know if i could quantify exactly what it is but it's slightly different shot experience um, yeah felt very good and it looks uh, nice it just, yeah like, i got they the, look cool you got to match the arrows and like the whole thing just looks really sweet so it's just i mean that's like a vanity thing but there is something yeah. to say about like feeling good about your gear like when you pick it up mm -hmm. and liking the gear you know if you hate your bow you probably won't shoot it as much so yeah yeah well i think it's i think it's a really critical upgrade and for a lot of guys that are thinking like we talked about last episode about bows and whether to get one this year and 
<laughs> we got to talk about that because I'm kind of back in the other camp. Oh, Josh. <laughs> um, but they like it, it's the thing about a custom string that's the whole reason I buy it is that they don't migrate over time as much. Um, anyone who tells you they never migrate is full of it. But I mean, I've there was one year, I think it was the second to third year, the first to second year, I think it was first to second year where I shot it the entire year and went to go do a complete tune. And my tune was still on a year later. Um, like I didn't, I literally didn't adjust anything. Um, I was blown away uh, because that string was so well built. It did not move in a year or enough to like change the tune, um, which is amazing, right? A factory string is going to migrate a eighth or a fourth of an inch a year probably and cause you to have to retune. And so I think for me, the confidence that I'm out there, it's snowing, it gets wet, it freezes, it gets 90 degrees, it bakes. That string is not going to change, right? The factory string might stretch and change up. And by the time you take your shot at your elk, are you 100% sure about still in tune? No, that sucker is like, it is beautiful and it is solid. Um, that's that's the most important thing for me. It's like confidence, right? Yeah. Um, so it's, I, it's not even a question for me. I'm buying a string from him the second I get any bow. Um, it's phenomenal. And yeah, that's, uh, I, th I think I told you to get that clear where you get the white, is it Vectran or Spectra? I think it's Spectra. I forget what the brand name is for it. But, uh, when he goes, when he tightens it, it gets the wax in it. It basically turns clear. So it looks mm -hmm. really cool to have that, all your serving be clear instead of black. Cause you see that string all around the cams and yep. it's very, really cool looking. Yep. Yep. I got that. Yeah. It's sweet. Yeah. 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 Super cool stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you got a pretty dialed setup, but it's a cool thing about hunting in May or yeah, you're going in May um, mm -hmm. in Hawaii is that you're kind of getting dialed in now. So you'll be pretty confident. And for guys that actually, this is a good one for guys that haven't heard of your arrow setup, what's your total grain weight and like, what's, uh, what's the brand and all that stuff again? Yeah. So I've got the, uh, rampage. Wait, what's the company? Um, I forget the name of the company. Oh, Black Eagle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Black Eagle, yeah, yeah, yeah. Black Black Eagle. Eagle. Yep. which is like a mid, um, that's like a small diameter, not nano, but like a small diameter arrow. Yeah, so Black Eagle Rampage, I got the 350 spine, uh, 0.01s, and then, uh, yeah, yeah, those are the ones yeah. I shoot. I've, I've shot them since day one. The, you know, the very first set that you actually built for me, I just never changed anything up. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I've well, been working great. Yeah. And I've, I've shot a lot with most of the guys I shoot with are target guys. Mm -hmm. And it's, I really like sticking with the same stuff because I see how many things they change all the time. And I'm just, yeah. I just remember what my coach Roger said. He's like, dude, every time you change it up, it's like a whole new learning thing. Adjusting to it. So yeah. I, I'm like in my head, like, <laughs> like snickering. <laughs> I'm like, you think that's the answer? <laughs> that is not the answer, man. You got to practice. Yeah. Even though they're shooting like way better than me. But. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, you're, I mean, same setup, same bow. And how many, how many grains were those again? Like four, uh, like 450, 450. 450. Yeah, that's a great, something like that. great weight because you're pulling high 50s in draw weight. Mm -hmm. um, so that's a really great weight for what is that? What's that ratio? <laughs> this is what happens when you get COVID. Your brain's just a little, a little foggy. 450. <laughs> what are you like, 58? pounds or something i think like i that? shot 56 50, i think i shot 58 last or uh 56 58 something like that yeah i mean you're like eight grains a pound or you're eight grains per pound which is kind of remember that seven to ten grain right. per pound range for elk that it's kind of that magic range that's like a really good spot i think i'm you know my 550s right i'm shooting 66 and so i'm pretty much right at 8.3 so we're both right about that eight grain per pound of draw weight Mm -hmm. range which is a really healthy spot um to be in so yeah that's been that arrow zipped through that step um spike last year i mean oh, yeah. 50 yards zipped through that spike yep um, so it's a great setup and those black eagles spine spine has been very consistent on all the black eagles i've seen they're great values they seem a little less durable than some others but other than that they seem money and yeah, the yeah. price is really good for what you get so Yep. And I'm just shooting the same broadheads, the slick trick Viper tricks, 125 mm -hmm. grain. I just bought a bunch of those nice. for Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, those are great. So I, yeah. I love those things. And then, yeah, those you're shooting the stainless steel half out that comes with them. I think you're not pulling so much poundage and weight that like you're too worried about those bending or snapping. Mm -hmm. um, you never really had any failures that seem really solid. Yeah, no, um, no never had any you. issues. Yeah. yeah. A lot of guys, some guys don't like half outs, but they've been working well for you. And then 
you're just shooting the knocks that come with them and then you're shooting blazer veins too right on yep, wraps. blazer veins yeah. and i put wraps on there yeah yeah the wrap the vein thing yeah the vein thing is like i'm trying new ones this year but it's it just seems like if you put blazers on it it's probably gonna be fine <laughs> like yeah. why, why change it yeah um, we did a whole deep dive on the great debate between three and four fletch so if you're yeah, interested in that stuff you can check that episode out. yeah definitely look at that episode spoiler alert there's no difference but uh <laughs> yeah, go read it or go listen there's a lot of nuance there um yeah so i'm for me like on the gear end is that kind of that's most of the stuff you're doing right yeah you're, yep. you're pretty yeah, set otherwise i'm pretty um, set yeah got everything i need um i could replace my site it is like the crappiest site you can get yeah um and not only that it's a used one that it was that was on the bow so yep. it's just an old site like the bubble fell off i super put <laughs> it back in um so i mean yeah that maybe <laughs> find a used one there's a lot of guys turning them over right now because there's a whole new generation of sites coming out with this kind of like single vertical pin that's got multiple points on it um both black gold and spot hog have come out with that it's definitely gen one they're pretty dang heavy they're pretty clunky um but like everyone's the hype train is real. So a lot of guys are ditching their old sites uh, for oh, those. So okay. probably a good time to find a cheap one. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one thing I'm considering replacing because it's just so old and it's just not good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, yeah. That's, uh, that's a, you want to get a reliable one on that too because that is something that can get beat up and bend and move. And right. A good um, a spot hog or black gold are both just solid. If you're abusive to your gear by the spot hog <laughs> um, yeah yeah makes yeah. sense for you though are you so you getting a new bow oh man <laughs> um so we so we're taking we're probably gonna do since my wife is pulling that tag and like the opportunity to hunt where she's hunting is like uh you can't even buy that opportunity it's amazing so her effective we talked about this last episode guys go listen to that her effective ibo the one i back out based on her chronograph results is like 305 feet a second so it's not hot um, my bow pumps like 342 uh, effective IBO, like it's mm -hmm. smoking. Um, so we're actually going because I have a small cam on mine, um, the SE cam, the old PSD SE cam. Um, and so we're gonna take my bow if it's possible. We're seeing you know, John's looking at it right now, actually. Um, and we're gonna put 50 pound limbs on it and a new string and get it set up for her. So oh. she, she gets my bow. Uh, okay. is the thought because she's going to jump i mean 305 to 342 like 37 feet per second for free that's crazy right um that's i mean that's the equivalent of like 18 and a half pounds so she pulls 44 so if she did she jumped all the way to 62 on her bow she would be the same speed as just pulling 44 on mine um, wow. wow mine's a little more aggressive cam but yeah that's so that's a well worth it upgrade for her because she's you know, she's 20, she's relatively long draw for a woman. She's 28, mm -hmm. uh, I think, or 28 and a half, but 44 pounds, right? So, so I think that's a worthwhile upgrade. And I think we're, if that works, I think we're going to do it. So that means I'm out of a bow. <laughs> so that means I definitely have to get a bow. Um, so I'm going back and forth. I've shot a bunch of them again. And I think for me personally, like the, I'm actually looking at the Hoyt Ultra still, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> nothing like $1,800 bows. Um, but I think that it's slower for sure, which is my one of my ups, like main upsets. But the shot experience and the accuracy of it is off the chart. Um, so for me, I'm kind of like, I think, you know, I'm, I'm 68 pounds, 66 pounds, 29 inch draw length. Like I'm pulling weight and length. So I'm like, I can probably afford to mm. deal with that. Um, so I'm thinking about that. I'm thinking about a few other options. Uh, we'll see. But yeah, I'm kind of back in the hunt, even though I was like pretty negative on them last last year uh, i think part of that is going to be like trying to turn this somewhat into a business um hopefully we can wrap all that stuff up together so if you've been listening we really appreciate your support and we'll talk to you more about like ways we can you can hopefully support us without really doing anything other than just clicking something um but yeah so we're gonna try that out i think we'll see i'm gonna go shoot a bunch of bows figure it out nice. you know, maybe who knows maybe i'll pull my old bow out of retirement and just shoot that that would be what <laughs> that would be really funny um <laughs> quite defiant uh long time ago that old uh, thing 
that's Got isn't that thing. like luke's bow or something yeah right <laughs> so that's that on arrows i'm probably just going to try different arrows this year the easton's liked them but the amount of effort to get good good outsert a good outsert system um i wasn't really that impressed with the ethics ones hate to say it because they're like everyone's favorite um i think in the diameter like a standard five millimeter axis i think they're strong enough and they're great but they're six thousand series aluminum and in that four millimeter one I, I bent a few of them they were a hell of a lot of work to install you were you were over remember that when i was installing them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so i'm kind of like oh, neutral yeah. neutral on those things and then the eastern shafts were really incredible but they were pretty fragile and they built out pretty light um so if i was shooting target nano diameter arrows i would those things are amazing. They are truly great. But I think that Black Eagle's got their qualities kind of in the same range. Um, mm-hmm. So I think I'm actually going to try the Black Eagle equivalent of the Day 6, like Nano, super heavy. I'm trying to remember what that is, name is. I think it's a deep impact. Um, mm-hmm. And I've been pretty allergic to outserts, but they have a 7,000 series aluminum outsert. 7,000 series aluminum is like 60, 70% the strength of the steel. It's mm-hmm. very strong. Um, the difference in cost between a 6,000 and a 7,000 series aluminum is very high. So I'm really impressed they're doing that. Um, so I might try that system. Like, I don't think I'm going to bet on that. Like the month before elk season, I'll probably pick that up in like March and shoot them for a while and see if I like them. Yeah. Um, and also like, I got to tinker, I got to play. And like, if I'm telling guys what I think is good or not, like I should be trying something new all the time. Right. Right. Um, and then if those don't work, I'm going straight back to the day sixes. So <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll try to build a slightly lighter arrow. And then I think I'm gonna try um what is the name of those fletchings? Vein tech or no, not vein tech. Um I'll, I'll look them up while we're talking. They're the ones Levi Morgan's pimping these days. Oh, um, but they're like a much stiffer material. Tack veins, the tack driver. 275 inch which is basically the same size as the aae max Mm -hmm. Uh, so they're much stiffer material which i like because i think that's going to cut the air better and it's going to rotate faster so i like the concept of that and then i've heard the straight edge on the back is a little quieter so hey they're like four dollars more expensive why not try them yeah so i'm going to build up a set of those regardless of what what i go with um should be fun so yeah team black eagle over here apparently um yeah, that's kind of the big stuff. Oh, boots. I've been Whoa. ripping through my boots. I've gone through two pairs of them here. What? Um, and wow. Yeah, La Sportiva. It's a problem with hunting all the time. And it's like you wear boots out. I've probably put in four or 500 miles in the past few months here. But um, chakra hunting is death to boots. <laughs> but the... Uh, the Trango cubes, which are the ones I've been such big fans of for so long, went out of stock. They're, oh, they're, not, they're not making them anymore. They created a new one called Equilibrium. Um, and I got all excited about that, but they're literally clown shoes, like literally clown shoes. They're <laughs> bright red and bright yellow to a level that's just like, it's oh. like, I don't get too upset about little things like that, but it's just obnoxious. <laughs> I emailed them like three times uh, and I don't know. They're Italian. They don't really care. So, so I can't wear those. Like, no matter how good they fit or how I do think the technology in those is amazing. They're, they've been, if you look at rock climbers, Alex Honolds, um, who's the guy that did the Don Wall stuff, basically the anybody El-Cap. who's the who, yeah, El Cap. Yeah. Um, any, he did El Cap, but I mean, the guy that did Tommy Caldwell. Oh, Tom, yeah. Like, anybody that's cutting edge in outdoor footwear, they're like, Ross Portiva's got to be pretty yeah. much the one of the bleeding edge companies. Um, yep. And fortunately they have a super narrow last because uh, they're Italian, right? We've talked about this in the boot episode how Italians generally have narrower feet, mm-hmm. um, boot makers. And so they fit me great. So long story short, it was that or go to what they call the, the Trango tech, which is a slightly more flexible version of the cube, which has also got some nice pukey colors on it. Um, but I ended up going with the tech and I've actually loved the thing. It's like the, the cube, the Trango cube, but lighter, yeah, a little more flexible. And it's, so it doesn't give you blisters if you walk on like concrete. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been a huge fan of that boot. Just, I, I bought like a, a fabric pen so I can black, like black out all the red and the yellow. <laughs> oh, <nice. laughs> 
because it's i'm just again it's not quite the obnoxious level of the equilibrium but i don't like how it looks yeah not that i don't like how it looks it's like it's it's bright enough i'd actually worry if something could see me because yellow is a color that elk can see um so yeah but that's been mind-blowing for me how good those are um they're like took everything i wanted to change about the cube and made it better slightly lighter slightly more flexible so i'm a huge fan of those that's my dream boot so I'm, that's been a really cool change wow a lot of new gear this year yeah but boots boots take i mean i think it's about 10 years before you really find the pair of boots that you love oh, you got really? pretty lucky with the solomons i feel like but a lot oh, of people I, yeah yeah even lucky. if you find the right brand for you finding the right model within the brand it just and you can't you can't wear them for two days and figure it out you just have to use them mm. um so the ones I hate the most, the ones I don't love, but I'm like trying to run through 500 miles or 400 miles on them to wreck them so I can buy something new. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's new. So lots of new gear there. Um, again, on the boot episode, guys can go listen to that about that stuff. But I feel like that is the single most important piece of elk gear. So I'm really fired up to get a great pair of those. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is awesome. Like yeah. I got so more. lucky. I love those boots. I'll probably just stick with those. <laughs> yeah. But that's my boots. style. I think once I find something I like, I just stick with it, I guess. Uh, yeah. Too lazy to change. <laughs> I think the, the Trango techs are honestly, they're like halfway between the, the cubes that I had and then your boots. Like they're probably oh. like a slightly more stiff, solid um, Solomon. Cause Solomon's have pretty narrow heels and midfoot, but then they have a pretty wide forefoot. Mm-hmm. Versus, you know, the Trangos are pretty tight through the whole way. So they're really close uh, to your boot. I okay. think that's kind of the ideal boot. It's like a sti- you know, stiff, like a backpacking to like backpacking plus boot. Um, it's mm-hmm. a really good one. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, new boots, new bow, new arrows. Um, yeah. Going to be a lot going on. Yeah. So when you get the new bow, do you think it'll just stick with the same site that you have now? Like just buy one of the same ones or what are you thinking there? I think so. Um, I mean, I really do like the idea of these. So a lot of these, um, the new ones, I'm trying to remember the name of them off the top of my head, um, but they've got a sing, you know, like a single pin that stands straight up in the middle of the housing mm-hmm. instead of five pins coming in from the right. Yeah. But they'll have multiple red dots on that single pin that you can adjust up or down. Oh, I see. Which is a really cool concept. But if you look at the spot hog one right now, it's like eight ounces heavier or something like that. And it is huge. The housing is monstrous. Triple stack. That's the name of the spot hog. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, I'm definitely not down with that paying $400 for something that's a boat anchor. Yeah. Um, and I also like five pins. I don't really like three, but it's a really cool direction for the industry to go. And mm-hmm. I like that concept because I feel like guys, me included, you miss far more, especially with hunting far, far more left to right than you do up and down. And a vertical pin helps you way better with left to right versus oh. those pins coming in from the side help you a lot more with up and down. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I hadn't thought yeah. about it that way. I, I I initially when I heard when I see that, I'm initially like, oh, it's blocking the view a little bit, but I never really thought about the angle. Yeah. To keep it straight. Oh, that's interesting. Totally. So yeah, if you have one pin sticking straight up, that makes you know being two inches off the uh, the shoulder blade a hell of a lot easier, right? Because you can mm-hmm. see to the right and the left of the pin. Right. Versus the pin coming in from the side of the housing, like you know, the second you get past it, you can't see it. So yeah, it's a different, uh, and your, your view is just so much more clear too, I think. So I do. Yeah. I love the concept. I think the execution is still really poor on both spot hog and, um, that sounds really aggressive. Maybe I'll, <laughs> sometimes I sound too aggressive on these things, but I just, I'm not fired up on it. Uh, gotcha. Some other guys might be guys that the perfect person for this is the guy that was already shooting a single pin. Mm-hmm. or already shot like a three dot site from the side because you didn't want clutter like you're you're gonna love what's there now so gotcha yeah, yeah i've never tried uh three spot um or three pins i've only had the five so but i like it so i'll probably stick with it yeah <laughs> yeah yeah no it works i mean that's the thing is it works and it works pretty well for me so um i'm kind of yeah i'm really anal about gear but i like to think that i also don't try to get just spend money for no good reason like this the, the uh black hole descent that i've got is just a timeless wonderful you know five pin uh oh man adjustable site the ones what do you call that scroll holy moly my brain is off tonight the ones where you can turn the gear and it, you can yeah, you can go turn. up and down and the <laughs> you have a yeah, whatever the hell that's called <laughs> yeah. yeah anyway 
but so no, not, not much change there. Um, yeah. and I mean, as far as like gear list, everything's, we're pretty tight mm-hmm. at this point. I feel like both you and I are pretty happy with our gear. We yeah. talked about some of it, some of the other things we wanted to change, um, last year, but I don't think there's much else that needs to change. So, yeah, yeah. I don't think for me either. I mean, eventually I'll change my pad for something with a better R rating, but man, it's in great condition. So I'm just going to keep using it. Yeah. Um, but uh yeah i think that's it on the gear stuff um yeah i, do I might a... change actually i might change sleeping bag to go a little warmer i'm getting colder as i age apparently but, oh really? um, okay yeah. i might do that but it's pretty easy to sell those used that is one upside to the feather really high-end feathered stuff. friends ones as people yeah. are gonna buy them um so i might do that or i might just call them and ask them to stuff it a bit more oh okay yeah put some more in there i don't know yeah if that's one thing i've thought about doing so oh, man, well, if you do end up selling it, <laughs> yeah, Josh is like, oh, hey, man, you know, uh, I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, so I think that's, I think that's it. I'm just really, really, I'm still fired up on where we were hunting. Like, I'm very excited about that place, and there's a lot of areas I haven't seen. Um, so I'm really, really interested to get back there, and just uh, I've got some ideas of places I want to go that I haven't been. That I'm like, that could be dynamite. And of course, yeah. we know. New spots I know what found. three areas there of kill an elk that are great. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I'm really fired up to do that. Get a little exploring in and get something you know. So I know, yeah, it's gonna be that's gonna be cool. I yeah. really hope I can I can make it happen. Um, I think we I think we can make it happen, but we can't tell the people how because otherwise <laughs> it won't happen. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Besides gear, I I mean I've got a whole month of hunting coming up. Um, I'll be in Hawaii for the whole month of May, and uh, that's going to be awesome. I'll be working early, like 5 a.m. till, or maybe 5 or 6 a.m. till like 3, 2, 3, 4 p.m., something like that. And then yeah. I'll probably get to hunt the evenings on the weekdays and then full Saturday, Sunday hunts every weekend. Um, it's going to be pretty sweet. Every guy on this podcast, including me, hates you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so lucky. Yeah, the remote job thing is working out. I'm, you know, yeah. So get bored make sure to go to the beach okay (laughs) (laughs) recovery day at the beach yeah um so that's gonna be sweet and the only thing that i've been worried about is i I tweaked my back at the beginning of december yeah i hadn't i was in mexico i hadn't hadn't worked out at all in mexico hadn't gone running nothing hadn't shot the bow in a while come back home and i shoot i i decide not to turn the poundage down just out of stubbornness big turn the poundage down guys it's easy big mistake generally it comes back too if you just if you got a good bow and you turn it down three turns put it back up three turns you generally retain your tune yeah so yeah big mistake i shot all day and the next morning i woke up lower back was a little sore so i was like oh let's shoot again today (laughs) shot more monday and then tuesday i decided to go shoot league so shot at league and i was really like compensating with my back as i was pulling the bow back yeah and then wednesday i woke up super sore stiff lower back and then my aunt's like, yo, let's play badminton. And she's moving back to Taiwan soon. So I was like, and I never played. So I went and played all night. And then the next morning I woke up and it was just stiff. I just couldn't bend over. I couldn't like squat or hinge. Yeah. And I called the PT, did a virtual thing. Yeah. It's stretching every day, but it's, it's better now that it's like five weeks. No, it's almost six, seven weeks later. There's probably like 5% of the pain left. And I have yeah. only been able to finally go on my first run today. Like just very light run. Yeah, man. So slowly going to get back to training for Hawaii. And then the plan is just to maintain that fitness after Hawaii because I'll be super fit after running every day. Yeah. And I'll so. ride that wave all the way through elk season and beyond, hopefully. So, yeah. Well, it's, um, I mean, it's a reality. Injuries happen and like it's, it's a good warning for everyone. Like there's, like I said the other episode, there's no, I've never seen anything that can interview as easily as a bow can. Um, yeah. It's, it's just such a weird motion. So respectful for it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so good so luck. good. Yeah, it's, it's like the worst injury. Do like permanent damage. Yeah, I know. It's, I've never been injured so bad where it's put me out of exercise for this long. Yeah. So it's a good lesson, um, a great lesson to learn. So for those yeah. of you out there who haven't picked it up in a while, like go easy in the beginning and it'll come back. So yeah, yeah, it's a. It's been a learning for me. We we got COVID early January, um, and it was very mellow. But then I got a sinus infection, and wife did too. So that. 
it just lingered for two or three weeks. And I think you're probably going through the same thing where I'm with someone that always wants to go. And I yeah. did a full start or two and did exercise and it just put me back in the hole. And right, it's right. been two or three weeks of just very, just really, really, really resting. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm feeling back to get, you know, good now. I'm starting to exercise again, but it's so hard to wait it out and like truly listen to your body and be like, this is where you're at. Cause I was, you know, my fitness was ripping before that. I'd skied like five or 10 days in a row every other day. Like I was freaking <laughs> quads of steel. So it's really hard to watch that die. But like, right, like you right. said, you just have to just realize where you're at and then uh, just be smart because injuring yourself further is brutal. Yeah. Yeah. That would be worst case scenario that, and that just puts you out. So yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, the fitness, I mean, I think that's, boots and fitness man like what that's elk hunting <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, I, I feel like that's you can never overrate that enough so as soon as i can get back on it i'm and i've you know found a really good cadence or i think for other guys too like if you, obviously i'm really fortunate to live in idaho now but like i'll bird hunt chucker hunt which gets me i'm probably fitter when i'm chucker hunting than elk season by the end of it it's like mm-hmm. three months straight of crazy right. hiking and then ski season so i'm super fit from that and then I roll that right over into mountain bike season and then hiking. And then we're, you know, backcountry fly fishing. And we're pretty much straight into elk season from that. And it's like, you just kind of find the right things to keep you active. And yeah, you know, it's so much more effective than cramming near the right. end. Right. Right. So, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to go into elk season more fit than I was last year. Last year I was more fit than the year before. So just hopefully make a little bit of progress each year is, is, uh, the consistency i think that's my biggest area of improvement is not letting like months go by not exercising like i did in mexico where i had like the all of november i only like ran a couple times but yep the year before it was like multiple months where i wouldn't run and then kind of cram so i'm hoping yeah. to ride the wave going into hawaii ride it after going into elk season and then just keep it up after that um and just really yeah. make it a habit so yeah yeah totally and i think for guys listening to this you know, last year's stuff was a little more like you you were relatively new you hadn't killed your first elk yet and like we went a lot more prescriptive on exactly what you should be doing at this point you know how much exercise what type of exercise we checked in what every other it was once a month last year right mm-hmm. once a month and so we're we're probably not going to do that cadence this year um but if guys are really if you want something excuse me that's going to walk you through like you got to be ready for day one elk season that go back and listen to those for the right month um that'll be a really good series mm-hmm. for guys there because you know, there's no difference between last year and this year right it's just frozen in time perfectly on a podcast <laughs> yep. um, so that's be that'd be a good one and i think maybe the last thing we leave is for this you know this is awesome it's highly personal situations but like what josh is your relatively new hunter i'm still i guess relatively new in the grand scheme of things like what would you be telling guys that have not killed an elk yet or like are new to this? What would you be telling them to do now in January? Hmm. Uh, let me think. I would say I would go small game hunting if you can. Just go out to some public land, some woods. If it's rabbit season, I would just go for rabbit and see if you can shoot a rabbit with the bow. Uh, mm-hmm. I would also say shoot a ton. Yeah, three most important things I'd probably... If best thing is if you can go small game hunting with a bow. Yeah. And then second is shoot a ton. So you have a lot of confidence in archery. And then third is fitness. Yeah. Um yeah. That'd probably yeah, be it. those are solid. Yeah, I think those are really good like tactical things. You can never be, be too fit. You can never start too early. Mm-hmm. Uh bow skill. Like really, if you're fit and you have phenomenal bow skill and your bow's tuned well and you know what know what to do for elk, mm-hmm. you're done. <laughs> that's it uh people just don't want to hear that they don't want to hear it's that difficult and that simple um so i think that's a big one so i'd say that those things like definitely back you up on all that and then i'd say now is the time of the year to nail the tag down and it's not that you necessarily have to get it bought like you might put in for the colorado draw in june or when is that may march i don't go look it up <laughs> in a few months from now but this is the month to be like, this is my strategy for the entire year. So I'd say, go listen to our, um, our draw our article on the tat, the draw last year. And the name of the, the podcast, sorry, is the draw So go listen to that, do your research, you know, read some stuff. Um, 
make your strategy. If you get your strategy nailed and you're working on those other things, you're in great shape. You know, the time to start tuning and other things and optimizing some of the backpacking gear is like, it's probably like a Feb March thing. Yeah. Um, and then so. I'd say go listen to the, if your brand's making new, go listen to the, that 22, 24 part series of Hunt Elk in 2020, like our basically our first dozen or two dozen episodes that we did it's like a full course on elk hunting from start to finish and then yeah elk shapes got great stuff backcountry i forget what that one's called backcountry bow hunters um yeah it's a great podcast but yeah while you're training listen to all that stuff and yeah i guess that that'd be the but that's kind of the stuff i did so and then find a mentor if you can (laughs) find (laughs) a past right yeah talk to some people (laughs) no it's good it's good times but uh yeah Anyway, we're super, super excited to be back for 2022 doing the podcast. We're doing it bi-weekly this year. Um, so stay tuned. Definitely help us out with a little subscribe, a little thumbs up, tell a friend, some good stars, whatever it is. Um, and we'll we'll be telling you more about um, how you can help support us too this year because we've been doing it for, for a while now and still losing money on it. So we want to try to at least make it neutral, if not help us buy a few things we can review. So really couldn't appreciate everyone listening to this more. Uh, thanks. It's been a fun few years and we are not stopping.